0: Please be advised, all music tracks used in this production are sole property of Kelson Communications and our original compositions. Thank you. <laughs> To everyone tuning in, welcome. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate. You're listening to the Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast, the program that promotes, celebrates, uplifts, and highlights the social work profession. This podcast aims to educate the general public to the vital contributions professional social workers make in every aspect of society every day. Hello, everyone. This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate, host of the award-winning Kelson on the Air Social Work Podcast, produced by Kelson Communications, Incorporated. In October of 2020, I had the honor and privilege of being one of 15 social workers chosen nationally as the 2020-2021 Network for Social Work Management Policy Fellow. It was a 10-month research program. The culmination was a final presentation of each fellow's research findings. The series is entitled Raise the Wage The Case for Equitable Pay for Social Workers and Other Human Service Professionals. All right, and so today we have with us a very distinguished guest. It's my pleasure to introduce Dr. Tracy Whitaker. And Dr. Whitaker, please tell our listeners and viewers a little bit about who you are and what you do. Certainly, it's good to talk
1: with you. I'm, as you said, I'm Tracy Whitaker, and I'm currently the Associate Dean. For academic and student advancement at the howard university school of social work i've been a social worker for over 30 years and i've worked in a variety of settings and right now i'm working in higher
0: education okay all right well thank you thank you for sharing that um and so today we're going to be talking a little bit about uh some of the key points and issues that I'd like to bring to viewers' attention as it re- relates to the social work profession um, and who social workers are and what we do and and why what we do is, is so valuable. And so um, please talk about the importance of the value of social workers in the field of child welfare. Well, actually
1: I think of all the settings where we work. And we provide value in a lot of settings, um, in healthcare settings in educational settings, um, in criminal justice settings. But I, there's a part of me that really believes that the child welfare area is where we can see the most immediate impact of our services. And I think it's so important Um, primarily because of the vulnerability of the children and the families that we serve. And I I see child welfare as a place where, you know, children come to the attention of the child welfare system when something's going wrong at home, or there's the perception that something's going wrong at home. Mm -hmm. So that's one kind of level of trauma for a kid. Mm -hmm. And our job even when we have to bring a child into the system is to minimize more trauma to that child and get that child and that family back in the healthiest state that they can be in. And I,
0: I don't think there's work that's more important than that. Okay, well, yeah, I agree with you and thank you for that. And you, you mentioned a, you know, a really important uh, co- concept and that is the concept of trauma itself. Uh, now, we know that the research has shown that uh, uh, trauma um, can be stored in the DNA and it's transferred from generation to generation. Um, how might the trauma that a child goes through in their formative years affect how they learn to negotiate and navigate their environment as they're growing up through, through the various different stages, in your opinion? Well, one of
1: the things is that everybody experiences trauma on some level, and so we're still learning about what happens to that trauma in our lives. But for children, one of, one of the things that, that's particular about when children experience things, good things and bad things actually, but they make decisions about how the world is based on those things. So they can make a decision that um, I'm important in the world or they can make a decision I'm not important. They can make a decision that when I'm hurt, people respond or they can learn that the world doesn't respond when they are hurt. So in my mind, it's that series of kind of decisions about the world that influences how that child will respond to people around him in the school setting, how that he or she will respond in the community. Because what we all do is try to say, as developing people, what is the lesson from this interaction? You know, mm-hmm. if if the lesson is when I cry, I get attention and I get fed or I get warmth, then. Crying is a, is a good way to let someone know. But if I cry and I get hurt or I get ignored, then I can't use that mechanism to get my needs met. Mm-hmm. So maybe my needs don't matter. Mm-hmm. And, and so what, what we don't want is a community of people whose messages about the world make them less connected to their community. Mm-hmm. We want messages to make them more engaged and more connected.
0: Okay, thank you, thank you for that. Um, now, you 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 had done, you've done some studies um, about the satisfaction level of social workers um, in regards to their work in child welfare. Um, can you share with our viewers a little bit about what your research turned up and how that compares to um, some of the statistics that we currently have seen about? Social workers and you know how they feel about their particular profession. Sure, I'm I'm always happy to talk about this. We, the survey
1: that we did, I was working at the National Association of Social Workers at the time, and NASW had started a workforce center where we were looking at things like um, social work salaries, compensation, satisfaction, stressors in the job, and we we conducted two surveys. One was a survey of our members who identified um, an affinity for child welfare by joining the child welfare section of NASW. So that's a pretty select group, but I think it was about 700 members and we surveyed them. But we also did a survey of licensed social workers who were not in NASW members. So we had these two samples and these two surveys that happened at different points. But what we found was that consistently in both surveys, when we compared social workers to the general child welfare workforce, social workers tended to be more satisfied, more prepared, more likely to stay. Um, On every variable that we measured, there was just higher satisfaction. And one of the things that we attributed to was the preparation and kind of you know, began to think about readiness for the job. Mm-hmm. So that social work training, the educational preparation, the field, the practicums, the internships helped prepare social workers to enter the workforce and to enter what is a pretty challenging field of practice with the level of preparation, anticipation, and expectation that perhaps other workers didn't come to the to that field of work with.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Well, thank you for that. Um, so, what role do you see social workers playing in what we're now seeing? Hopefully, entering is um, going to be identified as the post-COVID era um, that we're now seeming to start to trend towards? What role do you see social workers playing going forward? I, I don't really
1: have a sense about how social work jobs will change. But what I know is that social workers are paying attention. They're paying attention in a variety of areas about how this period of pandemic and disruption and unrest has affected the people that they serve and the communities they care about. So some of the things that I think we're going to see are social workers taking some leadership around, you know, what has been the effect of remote learning on children? Have they, are they further behind? I mean, that's kind of what people are thinking that they're they're further behind, particularly students who are already at a disadvantage. But might we see also that there was some improvement around disciplinary um, actions? Did the pipeline to the school to prison pipeline get disrupted Mm -hmm. at all during this period? Mm -hmm. So I think that what social workers are going to do is help us ask the right questions about what happened to people did, because I think it's kind of easy to think vulnerable people became more vulnerable, Mm -hmm. but do we need to start thinking about our safety net in a different way? Mm -hmm. Do we need to start thinking about readiness? One of the things that um, occurred to me, I guess I'm kind of thinking about kids today, but I thought about how the pandemic kind of exposed the reliance on schools to provide meals for children.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And while it certainly was is a good thing that schools do provide meals, but for that to become the fail-safe for children and families seems seems a bit off to me. Mm-hmm. And it seems as though we need Um, some different structures to support children and families because we saw that even with schools trying to keep that up but I don't know if most people in society kind of connected that if a school closed that children and their families might be hungry as a result of that. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping and and I'm, I'm actually sure that social workers will bring kind of hidden issues to light Mm -hmm. and will help us think about long-term consequences as well as if in fact there were any improvements in people's lives that we could take and go forward
0: you know Mm -hmm. did something
1: help you know one of the things I'm kind of stuck on school but you know school is not a universally positive experience for children Mm -hmm. so did some children benefit from not being exposed to bullying yes you know I, I think that That's what social workers will do. They will look kind of beneath the statistics and say, what has been the experience? And how do we take the good, if any, has come out of this and replicate
0: that? And how
1: do we prepare and minimize and remediate any harm that has happened?
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, with with the onset of the pandemic, um, the role of social workers um, became... Um, more highlighted um, because now for the probably is the first time a lot of society um, began to see all the different roles that social workers play I know in the uh, in the in the hospitals at the height of the pandemic you know having spoken to social workers all over the country it was the social workers that played that connective role between the patient and the doctor between the, the doctor and the family members and between the patient and their family members. So, because now we see more of the value of social workers in in, the, in a way that society probably never saw it before. How, how do you think that that will affect um, when social workers, you know, start to sit down and say, well, you know, we deserve to be more equitably compensated and here's the proof. Do you think what social workers have contributed during the pandemic, especially like you said, in schools and with childcare and in hospitals, do you think that will affect the way people see um, the compensation that social workers um, have been getting and maybe that will you know change their viewpoint? I don't know. And I say that
1: because I think that I think you're right, that more people had exposure to social work. But I think that whenever people have a crisis in their family, in in a healthcare setting, they kind of understand what social work does or in other settings. So people have always interacted with and most of the time benefited from their interaction with social workers. And now we've had this huge health crisis. So we've had more people, but I don't know if, I don't know if that would drive compensation, mm-hmm. but I certainly know that certainly the, or, the institutions and organizations where these social workers work, that's where we have to say, did they see the value? Mm-hmm. Did they see the, 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 the negotiation mm-hmm. of very difficult situations? And did they value that negotiation and that service in a way that's comparable to how other people's and other professional services are valued.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I agree with you. Now, um, there, there's a lot of um, a lot of talk going on now, especially with the with the Biden administration, and um, that you know there's hopefully there's going to be more equitable um, viewpoints from. The federal level and hopefully it trickles down to the state but uh, one of the things that I'd, I'd like you to address is the types of investments that you believe in your own opinion will be necessary to recruit uh, more social workers to meet the growing demand because you know the, the, the research has already borne out that once covid is somewhat under control you know if you know when we get to that point the need for social workers is going to be even more um, social workers are going to be more on demand than they have ever been. So what type of investments do you think um, will be necessary to recruit more social workers to meet that growing demand? Well, I
1: certainly think investment in social work education. I think social workers need incentives to help with the cost of tuition. I think we need programs that prioritize that commitment to provide service to the community. Um, And because one of the things that we're seeing is really some pretty crushing debt, um, student loan debt. And that's a deterrent. Um, People cannot always decide that they're gonna invest in the improvement of society and the improvement of communities and the improvement of families if they're worried about whether or not they can take care of their own families. That's true. So I would really like to see, um, you know, there were there were programs in the 70s that really supported the education of social workers. And I would like to see
0: investments along that line. Okay, all right, okay. And then and then just to, to, to wrap things up, um, if there was one thing that you could say to whoever's viewing this and who, or whoever's listening to this to encourage them to, to, to support social work more? What would that one thing that you would say to them?
1: I would say to them that social work in the community is like other professions that serve the community. And sometimes you don't want that profession at your door. So I think about firefighters. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever wants to see a fire truck in front of their house. Mm -hmm. That's not a good day. Mm -hmm. But when there's a fire, you certainly are glad they're there. Mm -hmm. And I think that what I would want people to know is that while it's relatively easy to think that social work, you know, takes care of other people who are having chronic crises. In fact, social work is there for all of us whenever we have a crisis. And the thing is that the crisis means we didn't plan it. Mm. So whatever happens, we don't know when a parent is going to become ill or have a stroke or a child is going to become ill or when something's going to happen in other areas of our lives. Mm -hmm. And what we are going to want, and actually what we are going to need, is that person who sits with us through that and helps us negotiate whatever our new normal is. And that's for social workers who are working directly with people. But we're also going to want people who are helping develop policy and helping run organizations who are knowledgeable and sensitive about how people are impacted by these decisions. So, what I would say is: you know, um, most people don't imagine that they will ever need a social worker, and they don't think it's important. However, on the day that you do, and you will, I mean, it's just how life rolls. Um, Things happen to us, things happen to us, some that are our causing and some that are just life, Mm -hmm. but you will be very, very happy that the organization where you find yourself or in the situation where you find yourself, that there is someone on the other end who sees you as an individual, values you, and is committed to you successfully navigating whatever your new normal is okay
0: all right thank you so much for that and on that note we're going to wrap it up that was a great message to those that are going to be viewing and listening to this and so thank you so much um dr tracy whitaker Uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule um to address these very very vital issues and the social work profession is very grateful to have someone of your caliber so thank you so much thank you This is Silas, your e-journalism social work advocate and host of the show. You've been listening to the Kelson on the Air social work podcast. This and all other programs are available on the Apple iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify and Anchor podcast platforms. Go to any search engine and type in Kelson on the Air in the search window to hear this show in its entirety. Thank you for tuning in. This has been a Kelson Communications production.